Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In my personal habits and disciplines, I tend to be somewhat of a voracious reader. And I'll never forget the book that brought me back to being a voracious reader. It was John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath. My in-laws live in rural Minnesota, and this was before the time of great internet connections. And, and I grabbed the book from the shelf and took it upstairs and blew through the story of the Jodes, the Salinas Valley, of familiar places and characters that were made alive in Steinbeck's reading. I could picture the places my family had gone camping in Northern California for summer after summer. I could imagine uh, Tom Joad and his family going here and going there, the streets of Monterey, the beautiful brown hills of the Central Valley, and the twists and turns of the family as they went from Oklahoma to California that left me turning the pages as quickly as I could and then stumbling off to sleep with visions of of the story that Steinbeck painted in the pages of that book. As I got to the last pages, my mind churning, unable to sleep because of what the author had done, where the story had left me, and the picture, the picture of the grapes of wrath. From that book forward, I've been a good reader. I read all sorts of things on my desk right now and having been given to my staff and crew of of worship leaders is called the Analog Church, which is focused on why there's limitations to what we're doing this morning and explains why we long to get back to -to face-to-face and person-to-person and move away from primarily a digital platform. As you read our text this morning from Matthew 16, Jesus throws an enormous plot twist into the story. He looks at his disciples and says these words. From that time on, he began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. That twist in the plot was tough for Peter and the disciples to handle. So much so that Peter stands up, looks at Jesus and says, this is never going to happen. You're not going this direction. Everything in ministry is big. The crowds are big. The influence is big. The welcome as you come into these Galilean towns is big. Why are you talking about death and betrayal and cross and this whole thing of resurrection Jesus go sell that somewhere else go tell that story to people who are buying it and Jesus looks in the harshest rebuke he ever gave to anyone in in his public ministry he looked and says to Peter get behind me Satan Jesus reminds Peter and us this morning that we are not the authors of his story. We do not, we do not define what Jesus does. Jesus defines the story. Jesus tells the story. Jesus pursues the story. And, and, and when the outcome is 
done and when the outcome is revealed. It's the work of Christ and Christ alone that brings peace in the heart, sureness of life, and a pathway to follow. A part of Jesus' story, the part of Jesus' story, the part that's most important hinges on Matthew 16, the betrayal, the cross, the death, the resurrection. And that story had to unfold that way because the point of Jesus' story, his life and his death, is our redemption. In times of great chaos and disorder, God reveals to us foundational truth, not relative truth. And the truth is this, we all stand redeemed in Jesus Christ. Jesus writes us into his story and the reality that he walks with us through suffering. He forgives us through the cross and he gives us eternal life in his resurrection. The plot twist of the cross, the plot twist of this moment had to happen. So that in a time of chaos like this, that we would be able to stand firm. The cross has to happen so that you and me have eternity delivered to us as a promise and a gift. And we find peace and meaning for our lives in that gift. The easiest part of reading any book for me are the first 25 pages and the last 25 pages. There's a, always good stuff at the beginning and the end. But in the middle is, is, is where the plot twists. In the middle is where the characters are developed. In the middle is where the backstories are, are brought forward. And in the middle of the book, all of the threads are laid out and then slowly pulled together so that the end of the story provides bang for the buck for the reader who's invested the time in turning every page through every chapter from beginning to middle to end. The in-between time, the in-between chapters are, are so critical. There's the in-between time. And Jesus addresses that today. From the point of our baptism into the Christ, from the point of our baptism into Christ to the point of our eternal life with Christ, Jesus says the middle chapters that are being written in us and through us right now are very, very significant. Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. The in-between chapters of your story are being written this very moment. There's a big chapter from March 15th of 2020 that's going to go on for a little while longer that will be, that will be entitled COVID-19 and other trials. 
choosing my words carefully because I want you to hear and understand. COVID-19 is a chapter in a much larger story of our lives. At the end of the book, it probably won't even be the most significant or the most important chapter. We are now in the in-between time. And Jesus addresses very practically how we live and how we wind our way through this chapter into the next chapter and into the next series of God's promises for us in Jesus Christ. He gives us a a three-part, very practical, in the in-between time way to live. The in-between time. In between our baptism and our entrance into heaven. There are three pieces he shares with his disciples that day and shares with his disciples here and now this morning. Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Deny yourself. If you ever wanted to be counterculture in 21st century America, here it is, deny yourself. Denial of self means that we will not assume or believe that God's way of working in our lives is precisely aligned with our way, that our expectations of life are put into submission to what God would do, and we deny ourselves the own way and living for self. Denial of self means that God is at the center of our lives and our universe, not us, and for many, including your pastor. Self-denial is painful because we're called to take our expectations and our goals and the pieces of life that we think are significant and put them at the feet of Jesus. It's a call for me and for all of us to remove ourselves from the throne of control in the story of my life and cede that to Jesus. Letting him pen the, word, pen the words of present and future, knowing that faith and that through faith, the past is covered in his sacrifice. Denial of self is in essence saying, your way, not mine. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus said. Pick up your cross. One of the things that I, along with many of you, have been reading are the updates from the state and the feds on COVID-19 process and procedure. And once we think we've read it and we've comprehended it and we could pass a test on it, it all changes again. This week in our school, we started face-to-face instruction, having been granted a waiver by Orange County Health Department. Then late in the week, everything changed. And we read and read and read and tried to get it all figured out and make sure we were in compliance, that we had it all figured out, that everyone was safe and sound. And there was a part of me that just wanted to cry. And I thought, we had this all figured out. We saw where the story was going. We saw how this was going to work. And we worked it and are working it very, very Well, then as I put this sermon together on Wednesday and Thursday, yesterday and this morning, the words pick up your cross stuck in my soul. 
Deny yourself, pick up your cross. Don't whine, don't mope, don't pout. Pick up your cross of suffering and find meaning in the moment of suffering. What separates Christians from the, the world is that we find meaning in all of this stuff. How will we be stronger and closer to God? How will we be more resilient in the chapters that are to follow? And how will our lives make a difference in the way after COVID-19, after that chapter has been concluded? How will we stay? For picking up the cross does not lead to despair and death. It leads to making sense and finding meaning in suffering as Jesus did. It's this picking up the cross that leads us to make it through the chapters of our life that are hard. And being stronger for having lived through those chapters. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. The most important part is the last part. I laugh a little bit when I get emails and text messages, phone calls and feedback about matters of personal opinion. And rest assured, I get a pretty good pile of them. I love when people say, Pastor, it looks from the video that you got your hair cut and it looks great. Really? Pastor, you're dressed too casual. Pastor, you're too formal. Take off the robes. Pastor, there's too much organ music. Pastor, the services are too much the same. Pastor, the services aren't what we're used to. Pastor, it's too inconsistent. Pastor, it's not consistent enough. But what I haven't heard and what I've not received one single piece of feedback and that warms my heart is I've not heard this. Pastor, you and your pastoral staff are not preaching the scriptures and the word of God. Pastor, you guys aren't preaching Christ anymore. One of the major strengths of our church, our tradition, of our congregation, of our DNA, is the message of Jesus Christ betrayed, suffered, crucified, risen, and on the way back. And right now we are surrendering our preferences, our likes, our favorites, our subjective stuff. If it were up to me, we'd be together right now. If, if it were solely my decision to make right now, the sanctuary would be filled with people, the choir would be shoulder to shoulder, the auditorium would be up and moving, we'd have children singing in services, we'd have all sorts of new music gathering together and speaking to our souls, and after we did that, we'd have a donut and a cup of coffee. And our campus would be filled with life and laughter and joy and encouragement and all of the things that I and we, I believe, prefer to do together. That's how I prefer to follow Jesus on the weekends. And one day, one day, 
I, along with Christians across the world, you and me, we will all be back together one day, probably sooner than all of us may be thinking. But in the in-between time, in the days and weeks and moments that we have right here and right now, what a great time to focus on following Jesus rather than on what I prefer, what I like, what I want. We deny ourselves, we pick up our cross, and we follow Jesus. And on the way of following Jesus, we find grace and faith and love and hope and other people on their pilgrimage in the in-between time. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. The in-between chapter of our lives are being written this very moment as you stream and participate in this worship service. Every chapter filled with joy, with creativity, with hope, with challenges, but with faith, with hope, and with love. I don't know what the titles of the chapters of the in-between of your life are titled, but I do know that the author and the perfecter of the faith ties all of those chapters together with the thread of his story that brings meaning and purpose to us day by day as we deny, deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.